Welcome to Inside Medical Malpractice. My name is Chris Rokosh. I'm a registered nurse, legal consultant and educator, and the president of Connect Medical Legal Experts. Each month, we'll be looking at the malpractice issues from different perspectives, featuring honest, candid, insightful interviews by people and professionals with a wealth of information to share. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's dive into this fascinating subject. Welcome back to learn more about Dr. Rick Raymond, a dentist and a medical malpractice expert, a teacher at the University of Toronto. If you haven't listened to the longer version of this podcast with Dr. Raymond, don't miss it. It's so I promise you're going to learn something interesting. And I would bet that for very many of us, this is the first time we've ever had a discussion or heard any details about dental malpractice. So tune into that. But for the next few minutes, let's talk to Dr. Raymond a little bit more about himself. When I spoke with him a few weeks ago about Uh, doing this podcast, and I asked him to send me some information about himself and a brief bio and the things he'd like to highlight, sent me this lovely email with some fantastic qualifications and experience, and then sent me this little tiny follow-up email that said, oh, I forgot. (laughs) I'm also married. (laughs) And he went into his (laughs) his personal life a little bit. He said, I've been married to Marcia since 1971. And on that particular day, his 49th anniversary happened to be the next day. So, hey, congratulations on that. He has two children. Um, a son is a lawyer and daughter is a teacher. Five grandchildren. And one thing that anybody who knows very much about Dr. Raymond knows is he's a runner, like a real runner in the sense that most of us will never achieve. And this last little detail he put on this personal note was, I've run 377 marathons, haven't missed a single day of running outside since December 10th, 1971. So what the heck? And congratulations. And let's start by talking about this obviously very important part of your life and how it affects and touches your personal and professional self. So, be, be, thank you. And maybe you know, I, I I was sweating listening to that. But <laughs> good. <laughs> I just want to have to. I I have to say this that. The last day, and I'll get in trouble if any true streak runner is listening. The last day I missed was December tenth, nineteen seventy-eight, oh. not seventy-one. What happened? And oh, that was so. I got that wrong. I'm my, sorry. No, that was probably my fault. I, uh, I, I'm not a very well. I don't know. Maybe I hope I didn't put seventy-one, but maybe. But in any case, today was. When I ran this morning was 41 years, seven months without missing a day. Wow. Um, every It's been outside except I've run 10 indoor marathons. So 10 of those days were indoors. There is a whole website called Run Every Day. It's runeveryday.com. And they have a, a list of all the streak runners in the world. And I'm actually number 22. Wow. There's two gentlemen who are over 50 years and one from Rochester, Minnesota. He's a dietitian. He's approaching 50 years. I, I was 
at one point number one in Canada, but somebody came out of the woodwork. It's all honor system, right? So somebody from Quebec is now ahead of me. And internationally, he's number one, I'm number two. There was a runner from South Africa who was ahead of both of us, but he ended his streak on New Year's Day. Mm. So uh, it's all honor system, and everybody's got their own, I guess, idea. Some runners, streak runners, say one mile is the minimum. Uh, I don't call it a run unless it's 30 minutes or more. My goodness. Well, congratulations, you. So it's important to you, I can tell. I mean, anything that you spend this much time and energy at every day must give you some positives. What are they? Well, again, running, I mean, it's a huge part of my life. And I've had tremendous support in my whole life from my family. When my kids were young, we traveled together uh, to marathons. And now, Marsha, you know, my wife is virtually at every finish line of every marathon that I run. Mm -hmm. And just a, a neat little story that happened last May. Well, May 2019, obviously, uh, I ran a marathon, a great marathon in Halifax. I love, I love it there. Mm-hmm. And um, we were staying at a nice bed and breakfast, an old place. And I finished, and uh, I didn't see Marcia there, but I saw her sort of limp towards me <sighs> um, with tears in her eyes. She evidently fell down a couple of stairs in our bed and breakfast. And she mm-hmm. still walked, uh, I think it was a mile and a half to get to the finish line. So she was there. Oh, so isn't that it sweet? Was, yeah, so I've always had great support. Is she a runner? No, but she knows more about running marathons than most runners because, you know, she's being associated with, I guess, marathons for a long time. Um but it, it, a huge part of my life, I mean, it, it, it allows us to travel to different places. Now, granted, I haven't run a marathon since January 26th in Fort Lauderdale uh, because everyone's been canceled. Sure. Uh, but it allows us to travel. It allows us to meet a totally different type of individual. I mean, non-dentists. We're talking about runners from all socioeconomic backgrounds and different parts of the world. Um, so th- there's that aspect. Plus, there's, you know, a whole ego thing. You know, no, you know. Uh, luckily, I, I, I hope I'm in, you know, good shape and, you know, and uh, it's something to talk about. So, sure. Well, but, so for instance, how long did you run I'm assuming you've gone for a run already today because it's kind of late in Toronto. What, how long did you run today? What I do now, because I'm running a lot slower, I, I just go by time. So today I ran for 90 minutes and mm. yesterday I did the same. Um, but, you know, I'll go out probably, I mean, maybe every two weeks I'll take a rest day and just go out for 50 minutes or an hour. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 you know, I've been on, I've run, you know, for eight, nine hours, like in marathons and ultra marathons. Wow. So, uh, 
you know, obviously you're not going to be out there for six hours on a, a day like today in, in, in Toronto when it was 32 degrees. No. But, um, you know, I, I ran a marathon last September in Rochester, New York, where it was 34 degrees. And just to tell you how difficult it was, uh, I was out for seven hours because I had to stop numerous times. Mm. But Marsha was still at the finish line. And she actually, I was walking the last half mile. Well, I walked more than a half mile, but I walked the last little bit, and she walked it with me, and I couldn't even keep up with her. Oh, my. I like Marcia. <laughs> so, yeah, she's a good wife. I, I too bad she's not listening. But uh, I didn't want her to listen. Well, she would have listened. But yeah. uh, she's a good wife, and, you know, I'm blessed to have. I, I tell students, and for this year, we didn't have it, but for nine years, I'd given like the speech at our graduation formal, and I, I have different stories. And one of the things that I've been saying for years, uh, family is always number one. Passions are number two. Your profession's mm -hmm. number three. Yeah. And you got to remember that order, in my yeah. opinion. So, you know, I'm lucky and I'm lucky to have the job right now. The job I have at U of T, at Faculty of Dentistry, is a phenomenal job. I get to teach students, and I get to hear their issues or problems, successes, everything, being yes. director of student life. And even now, working remotely, I spend two to three to four hours every day talking to students. Nice. So what... Um, got you into dentistry and then teaching as a profession? How I got into dentistry, I, I still don't know, but from grade 12 on, in high school we had grade 13, that just tells you how long ago I was in high school. Uh, I don't know, from grade 12 on I wanted to be a dentist, so I went in, I went to U of T, I did general science, and from one year of gen I went into dentistry. Uh, Teaching was very interesting. Um, for years, as we talked about, I was a dental consultant uh, in the late 80s, mid-80s. And then Prudential went into what they called back then capitation, so they got rid of their dental consultants. And Manulife moved to Kitchener-Waterloo or something. At least that's what they told me. So... Uh, I used to work for them on Fridays, so I had nothing to do on Fridays. I didn't want to work in my office. Uh, I used to work at these insurance companies, come home, take my kids out to Swish LA for lunch every Friday. We did that for years. So somebody suggested I should just apply to our faculty. So one April in 1987, I put on a gray suit and met with the director of oral, oral medicine. Uh, that was diagnosis and emergency. And I was expecting a whole interview. And when I met with him, his name was Dr. Charles Monroe. He's no longer alive. Uh, he said to me, what day do you want to work? I said, Fridays. And since then, I've been teaching. <laughs> well, there you go. There Sometimes. was no interview, so I could have been, you know, a mass murderer. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so I started one day a week, and I was in the right place at the right time when I sold my practice. Mm -hmm. uh, they needed a director of 
comprehensive care because Dr. McComb was retiring, so I did that. And and then one Friday in May in 2014, Dean Haas asked if I want to take the new role of Director of Student Life, and I jumped at it. Mm. And it's a phenomenal job, and I still can't believe I have that job as a second career. Your passion and love for your work comes across loud and clear when I talk to you. I love students, but, yeah, you know. I can see that. So after all this time, um, it's amazing to me and that you're so grateful and so excited about the work that you have. What is it specifically that gets you out of bed in the morning every day to keep doing the work? First of all, silly thing, uh, I have no trouble. I get up at five. Today I slept quarter to six because I don't want anybody laughing. I, go to, I haven't seen 10 o'clock or 9.30 in about five years uh, because I go to sleep so early. Uh, I didn't know what happens at 10 o'clock. Um, <laughs> so I have no trouble getting up. I look forward to my run. Even on the, we have similar weather in the winter as you guys do, mm-hmm. uh, even on the worst days, because no matter how hard it is to go out, you always feel better when you come back from a run. As far as my job at the university, um, as corny as it sounds, uh, I, I, I look forward to walking into my office every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, I don't even look at it as a job. It's more of a a love for what I'm doing. I mean, we have issues there. We're having issues right now when we're going to start back and how we're going to start back. Uh, You know, students are worried. The senior leadership is totally working hard and stressed and so on. You know, I sort of did the introduction to our virtual graduation and awards ceremony and I mentioned that when we left school on Friday March the 13th nobody thought things would unfold the way they are and I said it's a whole new world but life goes on and you know we'll get through this but some of that's some of the things that I worry about you know what are we going to do am I going to be safe are patients going to be safe are students going to be safe maybe not in that order but it's it's the truth. Who knows? Yeah. Well, and I think just to keep it in context, depending on when people are listening to this, we are, when we're talking about March, Friday, March 13th, and where we are right now, which is early July in 2020, we are dealing with the outfall of the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic. So you just talked a little bit about the things you worry about at night, and you alluded briefly to it in the other podcast that there are things that keep you up at night, but not your practice and not your work as a dental malpractice expert. What does keep you up at night? Well, what used to and not anymore, and I try to tell our students this, um, you have to remember when you're a dentist, and I'm only going to talk about dentistry, You, it's a great profession. You get a lot of respect, you're self-governed, you have an opportunity to make a lot of money. It That can be defined various ways. And I try to tell our students not to do what I did. Um, I probably 
spent more money than I made because I didn't really worry too much about Revenue Canada, which you sort of have to, and half the money you make goes to them. So I used to worry about finances. Uh, and probably one of the smartest moves I ever made in my life and why I don't worry anymore. One day, six years ago, almost to the day, I got rid of all my credit cards. And to this day, I only use one debit card. I'm not in any debt, luckily. And so that is one of the big issues that kept me up at night. I tell students also, don't look at the patients you're going to be treating tomorrow just in case there's one child who cries or one patient who causes you grief. That used to keep me up, even though I tell students not to do it. I always knew who was coming in the next day. Oh. So, And you'd worry about them the night before? Well, I always looked at my who I was treating the sure. next day and and... Uh, but you shouldn't do that. But I guess you should just to get prepared if you want to read something. Mm. But I don't know. Right now, what keeps me up? I sort of am a little sad I haven't run a marathon since January 26th. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, life goes on. Hopefully, you know, uh, there's still a marathon that hasn't been canceled yet. In November in Halifax, they moved the May Day to November. So, to this at this point, it's still going on, so hmm. we'll see what it's like flying. I don't know what November will be like. Right, like who knows? There's still a lot of unknowns. And I'm so appreciating yeah. how you answered those two questions because I was doing some reading just last week on the ability and importance to be able to hold two opposing truths in your mind at the same time. So I loved how you talked so much about what you love about your job and what gets you out of bed in the morning and realizing yeah. how lucky we all are. But also yep. it's like, damn, I want to run a marathon. You know, I want to get back to the things that I love to do. So, I, you know, because it's not one or the other. This, that's the reality of being in the midst of this COVID outbreak is many of us feel very, very, very lucky that we're healthy and we're home and our finances are okay, like you talked about. But there's also the reality of life is upset and we're grieving the loss of many things that had been a normal part of our everyday. Yeah, totally. But, you know, we're fine here. We're being cautious. Nobody really, except one person who takes care of our house, I noticed I didn't say clean our house, has been in our house, including our own kids. Oh, I see. Uh, my son-in-law, like I told you, is, chief of anesthesia at Humber River Hospital. So I guess they're more worried about them coming in contact, close contact with us. So we still see them, but we totally ma we maintain definite physical distance. So, Well, I would imagine anesthesia and dental practice, you know, in the, from, from what we know about how COVID-19 is spread, are two of the highest risk um, professions yeah. right now, right? I mean, your immediate contact with mouth, saliva, coughing, you know, breath, everything. I mean, those are two very high risk areas. So, you know, bless you. No doubt, no doubt this has been hard for everybody. 
Yeah, and I haven't got a haircut yet. I go to such a busy <laughs> place. The, the guy, I think when they opened up, his first appointment was July 21st. Right. But uh, it's my own fault because it's it's a busy place, But I and I go to the owner. So really, I cut my own hair, so I don't, and I have short hair anyway. So. Well, there you go. There you go. I haven't had a haircut either I, since February something. I haven't. Nor is my wife. <laughs> and, you know, Marsha hasn't, she's smart because she, she parked her car in our garage. She hasn't driven it since March 17th, so she hasn't paid insurance. For, since middle of March. Oh, see? Now I super like Marsha. So smart. Yeah. That's, that's a really good idea. But I just got a new car, so I don't let her drive it yet. So that's <laughs> not so nice. So let's... um. I have two more questions I want to ask you, so let's get just a little bit more serious, although I'd love to talk about your new car, because I, yeah. I understand it's a black VW Beetle is what I heard. That's it. You know it, yeah. Yeah, I got it. So... How do you hope that your work in dental malpractice might influence dental outcomes in the future? No question. I mean, with maintaining 100% confidentiality, I pass a lot of what I see from previous cases on to students. How dentists, I guess for simple terms, get in trouble and how to avoid trouble. Mm -hmm. So hopefully... Even if they pick up one or two little points from any discussion, like about when to refer, when not to treat a complex case, what to put in your informed consent, uh, and so on, uh, maintaining, you know, showing empathy and compassion, uh, I, I hope that helps the next generation of sure. dentists. Yeah, great advice. Great advice, although and not, not new advice, right? I mean, none of this no, is groundbreaking. No. It's just stick it to the basics and doing them really, really well with you know That's diligence it. and care. Sure. So, last question, which I'm dying to hear the answer to, um, because you've got a wealth of experience behind you, and um, you're such a good teacher. Knowing what you know now, after all that you've done. What advice would you offer your younger self? Huh, that's a tough one. Financially, I I didn't manage finances properly. You have to do that. You have to listen carefully to advice, whether it comes from professionals. You have to listen to your partner or spouse more carefully. Luckily, like I've said numerous times, Marcia supported me in tough times. I made a huge mistake many, many years ago where, and I could, this could be an hour story, but I sort of took on two silent partners who were both dentists uh, because I wanted to move my office into a new office and they own the site, so they, they, the only way I could move was if they became partners in my practice. To make a long story short, I didn't, if you can believe this, I didn't have a lawyer look at the contract. I essentially gave them two-thirds of my practice, which eventually I had to buy back because 
the partnership broke up after three years. So um, you got you have to listen to your the people, your spouse, your partner. You have to get expert advice when needed. You have to manage. I'm talking about me. Your finances better because if you make ten dollars, half five goes to Revenue Canada. Um, but I did a lot of things right. I, I, so you know, uh, I guess uh, our kids turned out great, and they have great families. And um, you know, I'm thankful. So when I look back, um, luckily I had phenomenal support from my family and people around me. So mm. everybody makes mistakes. So I just talked to a graduating student today who now is going to have to, before she starts working as an associate, she's going to get a sign a contract with this dentist. And I said, you have to let a lawyer look at it. And she said, I can't afford it. And I said, what's, what's the word? You can't afford not to. Yeah, so, you, um, um, you know, I said, even if the lawyer is going to charge you five, six, seven hundred dollars an hour, it, it's going to pay off at the end. Oh, well, there you go. All the lawyers listening in will appreciate that little plug that they just got there. Yeah, and, uh, and but I only refer to one lawyer for this type of stuff. So, and he's a good guy. I hope he, if he ever listened in, he wouldn't believe I'm doing this, but he, yeah, or saying all this, but he, he's helped me and our students for years. So, sure. but you, you know, you, she needs to have this contract looked at. Sure. Sure. Well, thank you so, so much for um, being so open and personal on these issues. Well, my pleasure. These are challenges that we all face. Every single one of us could look back and say, oh, man, I could have done that better, including in the area of money and managing finances. And all, all of us could. So thank you so much for that. Honesty. My pleasure. Yeah. And I enjoyed every second of this. And I will let Anybody who wants to know, but you especially, Chris, if I run that marathon in Halifax in November. Yeah, please do. And let us know how you did. Once again, this is Inside Medical Malpractice. This has been Dr. Rick Raymond, dentist, professor, dental malpractice expert, great teacher, husband, father, marathon runner. And um, I've just enjoyed every sing and grandfather. I'll throw that into, but I just want to say I've enjoyed this so much. And thank you once again. And don't miss listening to the longer version of this podcast where Dr. Raymond talks on a more professional level about issues surrounding dental malpractice. Thank you.